0: the Big Ten Championship game, Clemson, and Davis' new neck tattoo. All that next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 15, and it is championship CFP time.
1: Well, it's uh, been a long time coming. Um, I know that we haven't been able to kind of get some uh, episodes out there like we've wanted to lately. Chad could probably attest to uh, a lot of the things that have been going on, but um, we finally... I had uh, the plague. Yeah, some sort of plague. Yes. But... We did miss out on another video episode opportunity, and Chad still has a lot of bets he has to pay up on. So at some point, this is going to happen. Yeah, it, may, it may have to happen again next year or something. I don't know, but at some point, we're going to get together. We're going to do these video episodes occasionally, and uh, you will get to see Chad uh, pay up on these uh, lost prop bets from this season.
0: Oh, I guarantee I'll pay up on them. Things just haven't been easy this year. I think that goes for everyone. I'm happy to be here today, and I'm happy that we're going to be talking about Ohio State football today. Which I didn't know going into that Northwestern game whether we would be talking about it this week or not. So why don't why don't
1: we go ahead and give a quick recap of uh, what our feelings were about that Big Ten championship game, because there was a lot to actually unpack in that, and it doesn't seem as much of an issue now that we've made it through to the college football playoff, but I still think we need to address it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, looking at that game, I think I went through about every emotion you could.
1: Well, I even tweeted from our uh, fan page that, you know, I would have tweeted a lot more during the game, but it's really hard to tweet when one hand's on a beverage and the other's on your forehead. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's just... That game was so disappointing, but that was my initial immediate reaction as I'm watching it. You know, I'm just constantly shaking my head saying, what the hell are we doing, boys? Like, what is happening? Like, this is awful. Uh, Like anything else, once I give myself some time to process it and then I go back and kind of rewatch it, um, I have a little bit of a different feeling about it. But what was your immediate reaction to that game? Man, you know,
0: there's a couple of things that stuck out of me and I'm not going to get to, you know, we talk about on the show, we don't want to get to X's and O's because, you know, you know, the average listener is not going to be into X's and O's as much. A general synopsis of it, man. I think it was very apparent how much Chris Olave means to this offense. Mm -hmm. Number one. Uh, Number two, I don't know why we didn't start running the ball until the fourth quarter. Number three, Justin Fields, man, he, he has an issue, man, about holding on to the ball too long, you know, waiting for something to develop when it's probably not going to develop. And honestly, it makes me half suicidal.
1: Okay. So I don't disagree with some of the things that you brought up there. Um, I agree with the things that you had said uh, to an extent. Um, obviously, Chris Olave is extremely important to the passing game because of not just his ability, but he also kind of frees up other guys in the passing game. The tight ends, Garrett Wilson, even, you know, the third option or even passing out of the backfield uh, or check downs to the wire, uh, to the running back. So when you don't have Olave out there and they know, you know, Garrett's going to have to be more the go to guy, especially with the Northwestern team that almost leads the country in passing defense. Defense because they drop like seven, eight people every time. That's exactly what we got. And the issue was we tried to pass to open up the run. We should have been running from the beginning to open up the pass because they were giving us the run. They continued to give us the run the entire game. Like, had Trey Sermon started running the ball at the beginning of the game, he probably would have had 500 yards of rushing. Like, it it would have been stupid. You know, it's okay if Justin Fields has 100 yards passing if that's what they're giving us is rushing the ball. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how we get 500-plus yards a game. You know, take what the defense gives you. And I think Ryan Day, that was probably his poorest coaching that he's done since he's been at Ohio State, in my opinion. Because I think it was very obvious and apparent that the passing game was going to struggle because we were missing Olave. The way that Northwestern plays their defense – And the fact that you were starting to get a hot Trey Sermon coming off a really good game against Michigan State. Um, I thought we should have been running the ball early and often, and it wasn't the case. So I think it was pretty much a combination of that. Now, Justin Fields, I I give him a little bit of pass for that game because he was kind of dealt, you know, some bad cards with missing some people. But uh, there's still some uh, things that he did in that game. And again, he just he takes way too many sacks. Way too many sacks. For me, it is not worth the one or two times he will run for 20, 30 yards downfield for him to get sacked three times. I would give up that 20, 30-yard run every time for him to just get rid of the ball or check it down quicker. Because, one, over the span of the game, that's going to be better because these sacks is a loss of down and, you know, you're losing five, six, seven, eight yards. And as long as he can get rid of the ball or check it down and still gain a few yards— you know, I, that can more than make up for that positive play and not kill drives because that's what those sacks do. And a lot of the times, uh, you know, we're getting negative plays in the red zone, which is a whole nother issue that we're going to have to address uh, with the Clemson matchup.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, like you said, I think there's a lot to unpack. It was just an absolute sh- show, like you said, with play calling, um, with just... You know, everything, it, no, nothing seemed to be working right. And I'm just, you know, there's a part of me when I look at the Northwestern game and then, you know, as we get into the Clemson match coming up here, you know, it makes me wonder who is this team? What is this team? Like, I, I really don't know. Are we, you know, are we a running team or are we a passing team? Are we a combination team? Because to be honest, dude, and be, be serious until two weeks ago,
1: we didn't have a running game. This is well, it's been two weeks coming. That's it. Even though it didn't seem like we had a running game, we were still averaging over 200 yards rushing on the ground every game. You know, we were actually, for the most of the season, technically a balanced team. Uh, Before we move too much further, I at least want to address the fact that Trey Sermon set the Ohio State single-game rushing record, beating out Eddie George uh, for first all-time with 331 yards. Like, what are your feelings on that? Like, my initial reaction was, like, of all the guys, like Trey Sermon – you know, you know, I, I kind of expect it to be like a J.K. Dobbins or a Zeke Elliott or, you know, someone that kind of we recruit and is, you know, we kind of bring up. But my first reaction was like, really, of all the people, Trey Sermon. And then the more I, you know, kind of let it sink in, I'm like, all right, hey, you know, Trey Sermon, listen, he he's a Buckeye now. And whether he's been here a year or four or five years, uh, really proud of the guy, really happy for him. And it was pretty cool to see that 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 thing happen. See, while I respect that he had a heck of a game, it always,
0: and I'll always be this way because I'm a purist. Um, I'm the same way when it comes to baseball and records. You know, I'm really big into to records, and I'm really big into tradition, you know, and stuff like that. And when I look at this, it's great for him. He had a heck of a game, but it's really, it's sad for me because Eddie George was such a great running back, you know what I mean, for longer than Trey Sermon has been a running back, you know what I mean? He's
1: a staple In Ohio State football history, but I don't think that that doesn't take anything away from Eddie George. In my opinion, well, it takes away the record. Well, yeah, but Eddie George is set for life in Ohio. Like, and and he's such a nice, well spoken, like. I'm sorry, there's nothing that Eddie George could do or get taken away from him that would lessen anything. And I think maybe we're not in that position. Maybe more as fans, we may not like that as much, but I guarantee Eddie George is completely okay with his record being beat. See, I disagree. If you're Babe Ruth and you hold the all-time
0: home run record, you know what I mean, and some kid that plays only two years in the league and nobody hardly knows his name breaks your record and then, you know, falls off the face of the earth because he's not, Trey Sermon's a great, kid and he's a good running back I'm glad we have him but he's not going to be an all-time Buckeye great
1: he's not no a- no no I agree I agree you know
0: so that's that's a little tough I, I'm just saying from a from a nostalgia standpoint it's hard to swallow for me because I mean I, I get what you're saying fan.
1: well listen okay I I get what you're saying but back to the game like The thing, too, not even just the rushing yards and that, you know, Trey Sermon kind of put the team on his back and the offensive line in the running game looked amazing. The body language of our team is awful. And the only one that really looked like he was held determined to win that game was Trey Sermon. Justin Fields didn't look like he was in it. The wide receivers didn't look like they were in it. You know, some of the defensive play, like, I'll give the defense credit. Like, sure, Northwestern doesn't have a great offense, and they stepped up uh, and got a key interception, which Justin Hilliard, that boy needs to be starting. And I would replace him with Tuff Borland in a heartbeat. I'm sorry, replace Tuff Borland with uh, Justin Hilliard in a heartbeat, even though it's not going to happen. But Justin Hilliard needs to be on the field. I agree. But but I digress about all that. But, man, we just had no fire. In that game, we had no fire. Like I don't care if they've got our number man. If we out effort them with the talent we have, we could call every wrong play in the book and still beat them by twenty. This is where I'm going to come.
0: We're, we're at a point in the season, and I understand where you know we've only played. You know we haven't played as many games as everybody else. But my point is the point where we out talent people is over. Now we've well, at got this to play point, Yeah, football. but do you know what I mean. Here. Like we can't rely on that anymore. Right. We've got to right. have. We've got to have that. Like you said, we've got to have that something extra, that fire. Things have to go on all cylinders. Everybody has to play at the top of their game. Like, you know, we're we're at we're at a do or die situation. And to be totally honest, the team has not shown us that this year.
1: Right. We so- have Let's let's go and lead into to the Clemson preview. So, obviously, uh, the CFP came out, and we moved up to the number three spot, Notre Dame in at four. Uh, we're not really going to spend any time on Notre Dame-Alabama because I don't feel like it needs any time. And if you want to listen to that, you can go find another channel that wants to talk Alabama-Notre Dame. We want to talk Ohio State. So, we're going to go ahead and uh, start uh, previewing this Clemson game. So, early line came out, at, I think, six and a half. I think it's around seven and a half right now, roughly. You know, Clemson's favored by a touchdown. And to be perfectly honest, I feel like that number is a little low. Now, do I think they're seven points better than us? I don't know, because one thing that we're going to get into is obviously the lack of games. I think that at least talent wise, probably pretty close to even across the board. They might have us in a few spots. We might have them in a few spots, but talent wise, I think it's pretty even match and that's why especially last year it was you know such a good game and I fully expect that it's not going to be any different this year. I just think that there's so much unknown because of the lack of games. We don't know, you know, we're not in rhythm. We've not really seen what this team can do. We've not had players get enough reps. I'll let you get into all the Davos Sweeney stuff. But, you know, I think it's just this year, more than any other year, there's just so much unknown going into this game. To
0: be honest, you know, I've thought about this game several times, you know, and I've rewatched every Ohio State game so far this year. And honestly, man, I, I really think it's going to come down to three things, and, I've, and, and this is what I've got beat into my own head. I think it's going to come down to, A, play calling, uh, and more specifically, play calling and execution in the red zone. B, the defensive line. I feel like we haven't put pressure on hardly any quarterbacks this year, um, and I think that's going to be a big factor going against uh, Goldilocks. And, you know, number three, like you said, the kind of attitude that we bring. Do we bring that fire do we come out firing in all centers? Do we look like a wet turd like we did against Northwestern? I think all those things are going to matter.
1: I also think it's going to matter also whoever scores more points in the game. Like just There's a, just no way that feeling. that's important. <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at last year's game, now I understand that we have a different team and Clemson has a different team. I think we ha- have more of a different team than Clemson does from last year. But we were, we were we were the better team last year. And we didn't win. And sure, we had a bad targeting call that kind of got jump-started their offense. Had a bad, uh, you know, fumble six that got called back. Uh, And a few other pass interference calls that were questionable. And all those, sure, you know, if those would have gone a different way, it would have been different. But at the end of the day, what really lost us that game was uh, our red zone offense. We came away with three field goals in the red zone. So instead of being up 28-0, we are up 16-0. We cannot afford to do that again because I think that's ultimately what's going to happen in this game. I think both offenses are going to be able to move the ball between the 20s because our, our defense, statistically, if we give up a play of 20 yards or more, we are usually giving up at least three. But on almost, I think, 95% of the drives where we're not giving up a 20-yard play, We're not giving up any points. So I think what we're going to do, especially against Clemson, is we're going to, you know, still try to play him as tight as we can, but not let the big plays beat us and let it move down and tighten up in the red zone if we need to and kind of pull the same thing they pulled on us last year. Um, And ultimately, you know, if they, you know, gain 500 yards, but we only give up, you know, 17 or 20 points, that's a big difference. Because that's ultimately what we did last year. Is we had over 500 yards of offense and had uh, 23 points. You know, and yeah. only had, we're talking four field goals and uh, two touchdowns. Like that's terrible.
0: I'm, I'm worried about our secondary, who has shown you know flashes of good and flashes of bad all season long. Uh, this will be the biggest test, obviously, that they faced all year long. And I feel like if we can't find a way to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be a long day. Especially because we're going to be playing, I, I already know we're going to be playing a lot of zone and we're going to be giving up those, those, short, those short passes in, in lieu of giving up the long passes. I know that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, man, they're going to dink and dunk us all the way down the field. You know, and I think it's really going to. But we I got good, really... we have
1: good linebackers, man, and linebackers that can actually play in coverage. So I'm okay with that because we can be opportunistic. Listen, a lot can go wrong between the 20 and 20. Would you agree? Yes. Like, but I, here's the statement: fumbles, I wanted to make. interceptions, penalties. Things like that, a lot can go wrong. It's a lot easier to score when you're scoring in two to three or five plays as opposed to trying to put 10, 12 plays together and how many things that could possibly go wrong in that span. So, well, this is, I, I have a question for you, and I've been okay. keeping this one in the holster since we haven't really
0: talked about it yet. This is the first time for everybody out there that we're actually discussing this game. Uh, usually we talk two or three times before we actually even get on here, but this is the first time that we've discussed this game. So, I've been holding this one in the holster, and that is this. Is this Ohio State team this year better than the Ohio State team last year? No. Is the
1: Clemson team this year better than the Clemson team last year? That I don't know, but I'm probably going to say about the same. I think they've gotten a little better on offense. Um, I still think their defense is good, but I don't think their defense is as good as it was last year. So exactly, say, and that's kind of I'd where I'm at. I say they're pretty close, but I don't think we're as good. But again, we were the better team last year and it looked pretty clear for the most part, minus two or three plays that Clemson had. And we look like the better team. What's, you know, do I think Clemson's the better team right now? Yeah. Do I think if we got to play an entire season, would we probably be the better team? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say so. Because Clemson, if you look six games in on their season, you know they didn't look spectacular like world beaters. I mean, sure they beat beat the Citadel forty nine nothing, but I'm, of course I'm being sarcastic. But yeah, y- you know they they don't look they didn't look like world beaters, and they finally started putting things together at the end of the season, and they played their best game against Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. I just and, feel like Ohio State is, but not... that's the best you're going to see Clemson most likely. That's kind of their ceiling is what they just did to Notre Dame. You have not seen Ohio State ceiling. So the biggest question is what kind of game is Ohio state going to play? You've seen it in spurts where, you know, we can go a quarter or a half where we're playing close to what our ceiling can be. And then we play awful for the other quarter or the other half at the end of the day, there's just so much unknown. And I think my biggest fear about this is that I think we have a team that can beat Clemson, but I don't know if we've had enough reps and enough time for everyone to be on the same page for us to actually be able to put it together and do it on the field. I agree. and and not only that, every every
0: game we've missing we've been missing pieces, you know, and had to plug and play people and move people around. And you know, I feel like everybody's getting some, but not everybody's getting a lot. And I think that's really gonna factor in, man, just just the the experience. And the fact that I don't know if our team really has a true identity, I mean i I, I really don't. There's been games where Justin Fields has ran a lot. There's been a couple games where we've decided we want to run the football. There's been a couple of games where we pass a lot. I mean, there's there's just been no clear-cut you know, view of what this team is supposed to be. And I really think, man, I really think at the end of the day, it's going to be the, how well we execute plays and what kind of adjustments Ryan Day makes during the game.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, you're hitting on good points. And, you know, you listen to the country, Completely bash Ohio State saying that we, you know, they changed the rules for us twice. and that we didn't deserve to be in. Yeah, and,
0: twice. Yeah, I've been you know, hearing Of course,
1: everything. Dabo, like completely going back on what he said at the beginning of the year, which almost in, I quote, um, you know, it's going to be a crazy year. You know, there, there's no telling how many team, how many games people get in. We're just looking for the four best. Well, now that he got to play a bunch of games, sure. He's going to change his tune and say, well, Ohio state doesn't deserve to be in there, which if you want my honest opinion, I think what he's most worried about is the fact that Ohio state now holds one card that Clemson can't. And that is the element of surprise because there is limited, uh, game film that they can watch especially with not everyone at, at full speed and 100%. So we can come into this game and show things at them that they've not seen on film, not seen on tape. And one of the things that um, their defensive coordinator uh, Brent Venables you know apparently does is he's really good at diagnosing plays, being able to see what's coming from you know different formations and you know typically what coaches will do. and now whether that's actually knowing that much or sign stealing, which is something that Clemson is kind of known for, you know, But, you know, basically knowing what what offensive play is going to happen and putting the right defense out there, I think he's going to have a lot more of a difficult task in this game trying to diagnose what we put out there. And I think we're going to put a lot of different new stuff that has not been on film. And I think we've still been holding on to a lot of things that we've not been able to use. I think that has been the one benefit that we can have in this game is the element of surprise. But other than that... First of all,
0: now it's my turn to come on core.
1: Oh, God. Dabo
0: Sweeney is the biggest piece of shit in college football. I'm going to say that. You know before today. This is not before all these comments he's made in the last couple of weeks. I have told you this for the last year and a half. I hate that man. I hate him. I think he's ignorant. I think he's childish. I think he's arrogant. I think he's he's everything that I hate about college football. I will put it like that. And I will say this. At this point. All I care about is ramming it up. Up or down. You can pick which orifice I'm talking about. <laughs> Because I'm telling you right now, this is never going to end until we beat them. Because as much crap as he's talking, he deserves to talk it. Because he's kicked our butt. What are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? The only way to stop it is to beat him. And, you know, I feel like, you know, getting a finger on the pulse around town. Do you feel like Clemson is becoming a rivalry, you know, on the level of a Michigan or, or somewhere in that nature?
1: Well, it's hard to put it on the level of a Michigan because that is a tradition. And that's something that's been over a hundred years in the making. But that's but, that's you but, and me because we've have a different. But nonetheless, none this is definitely a rivalry. A rivalry because uh, the games are now important every time we play. And if you're eighteen. If you're boring, okay, literally barring one game, the one that we lost thirty-one nothing with JT Barrett, where. You know, we literally could not do anything once we got in the red zone. All the other games we played against Clemson have been super competitive. I mean, back with Braxton Miller in the Orange Bowl, uh, we were leading that game till the very end. Uh, obviously, last year in the CFP, we were leading that thing till almost the very end. Um, you know, it's been super competitive for everyone to come out and just say, oh, well, Clemson's 4-0 and against you. You're also counting one where, you know, the, that's the Woody Hayes punch where I think they what, won 16-14. So the fact that Clemson's 4-0, and I get it. We have, they haven't lost. But to sit there and say that Clemson owns us in regards to like the games aren't even competitive is ignorant. I mean, no, but it, name it,
0: another it, team that has a better winning record against us than Clemson.
1: They don't. They, they have the best record. But what I'm yes. saying, though, is that people immediately just say, oh, well, Clemson's going to kill you. Clemson's going to kill you. First of all, the one year where we thought Ohio State was actually going to kill Clemson, Clemson shot us out. But all the other times we would have said, oh, well, Clemson's, you know, the better team, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's been super competitive. But I guess the main point that you're trying to make that I will agree with is I do think it's a rivalry. And it kind of has the feeling like Clemson's the villain. And maybe I'm saying that from the Ohio State perspective. But it just kind of seems to me that, you know, he's the one that's egging stuff on. He's the one that's making these snarky comments. Um, He's the one that, you know, kind of you, you feel like he's like kind of giggling, laughing behind the the curtain or something like it just they Clemson kind of feels like the bad guy in a lot of this. Or is that just it feels me, like kinda...
0: that? Well, it feels like that to us. But if you look at, you know, I see I see this stuff on Facebook, all these memes and posts in these groups and stuff like that that I follow. It seems to be a narrative amongst, well, pretty much anyone that's not a Big Ten fan that we shouldn't be here. We don't deserve to be here and that's pretty much what he's portraying. He's speaking for all those people. So I think he's gaining a lot of momentum from people outside the Big 10 that don't like Ohio State, which as you know is damn
1: near everybody. Yeah, I mean that's why they call it Ohio against the world. I mean, if you're not an Ohio State fan, most of the time you probably hate Ohio State. So and if I you're listed you it, get some kind of a diarrhea or some kind of (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much i agree but i definitely think it's a rivalry the only way at this point to shut them up is to just go out and beat them and we should have took care of business last year we didn't even though we may not have the same team even though we may be undermatched a little bit more this year you know that's why we keep score that's why we lace them up and i just think we have to have one hell of a game plan and one hell of a game from all of our you know star players to pull this one out
0: Well, let me ask you this. A loss in this
1: game for
0: Ohio State. What would that mean, or how would that reflect on Ryan Day's legacy?
1: Uh, I think it's a little early for his legacy to be tarnished or even if he wins the game and obviously goes on to win the national title then obviously that's going to do a ton for his legacy this early on but in regards to if he loses this game i don't see it really tarnishing his legacy because again like we've just listed off ohio state has got a lot of things working against them in this game by no fault of their own by no fault of coach day we started later we didn't We've not been synced. We've had players out. You know, even Coach Day's been out. It's just if he loses this game, I don't think that's going to be reflected negatively on him. And unfortunately, it's not like I'm going to give him pa- like uh, just a free pass because of the things that happened this year, but the odds are definitely not stacked in our favor with everything that's happened. So I don't think it's going to be anything negative. Uh, the only, With the only exception of if we literally come out and throw an egg, just like we did in, what, 2017? Yeah. Um, If that happens, then that's a different story because, you know, at the time, you know, Urban's lost some games here or there and also some weird games with us, but he also, you know, was like 108 and like 19 or something stupid like that with us. We always expected, you know, at least to get mostly our best out of him and for him to get shut out, especially in a playoff game, like, that was embarrassing. It was. like And I, I can at least... Be disappointed, but hold my head up high if it's a close game and we fought and you could tell the players played hard and the the coaches coach hard. And if we just got beat by the better team, we got beat. But I don't feel like that ever really happens because I feel like whenever the team's actually that much better than us, we actually play up and play better. And we usually lose stinkers you know yeah. i will i will give clemson credit they did win the national title of the year they beat us 31 nothing with Deshaun Watson but they weren't 31 points better than us you know it was just right. it was a horrible game plan uh, horrible decision making in the red zone and you know it's hard to stop Deshaun Watson in college now, well, Texans, we're going to find out here in a couple of days. Well, so. here's what I here's what I say. I say first play, you do all out blitz. I don't care if you get home, but someone knock him so freaking hard into the ground. Help put a backup in there. It's OK if he gets tossed out of the game. Someone ring his freaking bell first play of the game and let him know that we're we're out there to hit someone. Because listen, yeah. we we try to play as clean a game as we could last time, and I swear you can go back and look at all these little dinky danky things that didn't get called. I mean, even on that play where last year where he um, Sean Wade got the targeting call, you can see Chase Young being held by his face mask, so he couldn't even get to the quarterback. But they don't call that, and then they call that ticky tack you know targeting call. And then Trevor Lawrence even after the game saying, oh well, I kind of you know milked it to really help get the call. <laughs> it, if we're going to get thrown out for something, we're going to make sure you feel it. Like that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm almost getting to a point where I'm like past hating them. Like I, I want them to hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you
0: this. And and this is where, you know, I, I'm going to be watching because I don't think I've ever seen a game where there's been so much billboard material for Ohio state. There is a ton of billboard material out there and it's not just Dabo. It's nationwide. Nobody thinks we can win this game. And I'm going to tell you what, if this team doesn't come out inspired and ready to go and ready to rip someone's heads off, I'm going to turn to the coaching
1: staff. Right. I am. This no, team I, should be ready to roll. I agree. I, I, what I want to see more than anything on Friday, I want to see people hustling. I want to see people hitting hard. I want to see you giving it everything. Do I think that, you know, we are still a long way away from a finished product? Absolutely. I think it's coming out playing inspired, like you said. But I also think we need to play smart. And that's mainly for the defensive backs. To play good assignment football and not bite on early routes and all this other stupid crap where we've given up big plays. Play with your hair on fire, but play assignment football, man. Sure, you may see this, you know, this route going here and you may think you have a bite on it to make that pick six. That would be great, but don't do it if that's not your assignment. Unless you know for sure someone is over the top of you to protect whatever you're letting back past you. I mean, just like be smart, man. Play hard, but be smart. Okay,
0: so I guess it's, we're down to brass tacks now, man. Give me the score prediction.
1: Where are you at? I'll be honest. I haven't even really thought about it, to be honest with you. Like, actually, you know, tried to play it out in my head. I don't know. You know, I kind of want you to go first. And I know that you're wanting me to go first, but I want to hear what you where you're at first. Because, listen, I think we talked a little bit before we started recording. We said, you know, this is going to be the hardest part of the episode because, you know, at what point are we trying to be homers and make a score prediction based on? you know, wanting to Ohio State to win? And at what point are we making a prediction on what we realistically think may happen? Well, and this I is think the first that's, time. The, that's the dilemma where we're at. This is the
0: first time I've ever been in this position. I told you before we started this that I, I feel like Kirk Street right now. Because you know what I mean? Do you, do you side with your heart or do you side with your brain? Because I feel like there's two different ways to look at this game. There I've is. always thought since we got matched up here and I sat and thought about this game for about, 25 minutes. I think this game's going to go one of two ways. I think either we're going to get beat badly, or I think it's going to be a one-score game. And I'm going to go with a one-score game. And I'm going to pick the score to be Ohio State 38
1: and Clemson 35. Wow, that's really high scoring. Um, and that means that you only got one field goal and five touchdowns on each side, which means there's not many be any red zone defense. I'm not, I don't see it that way at all. Well, I'll now, tell you what, if we don't score a lot of points, and if we I know, don't score points, we won't win. I understand. Um, first of all, I think if our defense actually plays their best game of the year, but we're also playing against the best offense that we've faced all year, um, I think realistically we're probably not going to be able to keep Clemson under 24 points no matter what. So I think Clemson scores minimum 24 and I'm going to go ahead and give him an extra touchdown just because, you know, it's going to be really hard to play your absolute best game or your ceiling game. So I'm going to give Clemson 31, which means then I'm going to have to come to, uh, what do I honestly feel like we're going to do? Cause I feel like we're going to be able to move the ball and run the ball. It's just all about the red zone. It's either, are we going to score big plays from outside the red zone and get in? Or if we get into the red zone, you know, are we getting seven instead of three? Um, I think, that we're going to score at least 21 points um, whether that's or 20 points, whether it's from a couple touchdowns, a couple field goals, three touchdowns. And then I think there's going to be two other times that are going to be in the red zone that if we have to take threes on them, that's going to put us at 27. If I think we get those touchdowns, it's going to put us at 35. I'm probably going to stay, and there might be a little homer here, I just can't get myself to do it, but I'm going to go Ohio State 35, Clemson 31.
0: Okay. So you kind of feel... Other than maybe the well, it's like well, it's like once you said
1: that score out, it just seemed high. But then the more I think about it, both of these teams understand the other team has weapons and speed and the ability to score at any time. So I think what's going to end up happening is these teams are going to go ahead. I think we're going to run into a little bit of kind of a the Florida against Alabama SEC championship game. Maybe not necessarily as high scoring because I think, you know, both these teams have better defenses um than those two teams combined, even though Ohio State's not really shown it yet. Um but I have a feeling that they're still going to get a lot of points because we're gonna intentionally try to keep from the big play happening, which means the ball's gonna get moved into opponent territory almost at will um on pretty much every Every drive with the exception of if any penalties or turnovers happen. Uh, Plus, you know, that's the X factor that, you know, we can't anticipate and we don't know. I mean, who knows if, you know, Lawrence those two picks and they fumble a couple times or, you know, if we get a block punt or something like that happens or, you know, Fields, unfortunately, likes to throw picks against you know, Clemson and other teams that play good defense. So for all I know, you know, I think that's where the blowout's going to come in is if, you know, fields is turning the ball over, but I'm going to stick with 35 31. Okay.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, you know, usually I'm like super excited for an Ohio state game. And I think I've said that in darn near every podcast we've done. I'm more
1: nervous for this game. That's where I'm at. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. Well, See, I'm a little different. I don't get nervous in games like this the same way that you probably do. I get nervous against teams that we're supposed to beat. It just seems like it could be fluky. Like, I get nervous against Penn State. I get nervous against Michigan sometimes. Just kind of because, you know, sometimes the rivalry games or tough games like that, like, fluky stuff could happen. In this game, this is going to be basically – it's going to it's going to kind of feel like the Alabama game from two, uh, 2014. And the reason why I say that is, you know – all the other things I've listened to and I've seen on TV and I'm reading, no one is picking Ohio state to win this game. They are at least saying it's going to be competitive, or at least they hope it's going to be competitive, but they, no one is picking Ohio state to win this game. No one. And the same thing happened in 2014 where everyone had um, Alabama winning, right? I think it's a very similar game like that. So my expectation into this game was not as much nerves. It was just let us just come out play by play. You know, let's let's fight, let's see what happens. And as the game kept going on, I started believing and believing and believing. And man, when when the clock finally finished at triple zero in that game, that was probably one of the happiest times I was as a Buckeye fan. And I'm hoping it's going to be kind of more of a repeat of that do I think the talent disparity um, at least perceived talent disparity is the same as that? No, I think we're closer. So I don't think it's going to be looked at as big of a, an upset or as big a surprise if Ohio state wins this, but with everything that Ohio state has had to go through this year. And I really don't think people fully understand, like these kids didn't get to go home for Thanksgiving. They didn't get to go home for Christmas. You know, Justin Fields has probably only had a conversation with his dog in his apartment. Like, These are kids that are 19, 20, 21, 22 years old that are basically having no social life. And imagine how old, you know, when you were that age, what was your social life like? Oh, yeah. So to honestly imagine what these kids have gone through, it's almost like a part of me, man. I want it for these kids so bad. And I want all of this that they've gone through to pay off for them. So I don't honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game, but I mean, I'm hoping for the best and I'm hoping we do play our best game of the year. Well,
0: I'm hoping that too, man. And here in four days, we're getting ready to find out. Ohio State versus Clemson. I tell you what, this is my Super Bowl. Um it really is. I yeah, I feel like you said, you know, about uh Alabama. I feel the same way about this Clemson game. I didn't give a crap whether or not we beat Oregon or not. My Super Bowl was beating Alabama, and this year my Super Bowl is beating Clemson and finally sticking to the Dabo. That's kind of where I'm at with
1: it. Well, I'll tell you what, if we if we get through this game with Clemson, we're not gonna be playing Oregon. <laughs> we're gonna be playing Yeah, that's true. We're gonna be playing a freaking Alabama team where we're gonna be even bigger underdogs, which means if somehow we can pull through this whole season, it might I mean I might even preemptively say it would be the best title in Ohio State history with what we've had to go through.
0: Will you get it tattooed on your neck?
1: Ooh, neck? No. Um <laughs> on the back? No on the arm (laughs) no. (laughs) anywhere else probably not but i will definitely get a commemorative plaque and it will go up on my wall man i tell you what you're a damn rebel you know that (laughs) (laughs) and that you can Uh, guarantee that son of a bitch will be level too yeah (laughs) i'll be out there with the level and that thing will be you know dusted off every week and everything
0: yeah well as always hey we appreciate everybody listening um like I said, I know it's been a while. We're going to try to get on here, and I'm sure we're going to do a post game or something a couple of days after the game, you know, depending on what happens once we get our bearings back together. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we look forward to this game, and uh,
1: thanks for listening. Davis, tell them where they can find us. Okay, guys, like always, uh, if you if you want to get on YouTube, I post them on there. But if you're just kind of out and about and you like to use Spotify or iTunes or iHeartRadio or Google Play, um, we're on all of those uh, platforms as well. So uh, make sure that you, uh, you know, give us a like. Uh, subscribe if the opportunity's there. Um, don't be afraid to go over to our Facebook page. Um, leave us a comment, um, write us a post. You know, we still, uh, we're, we're still in the early phases of this podcast and the ceiling, you know, we, we don't even know where our ceiling is at this year, so or in any year so we're going to continue to try to work to improve this thing and you know we we love what we do here we love talking about ohio state we love the bickering and the complaining and the arguing and all that stuff but this has been a crazy year guys so if you want to reach out you want to share anything give us a holler but uh with that being said thanks for listening and we'll see you next time go bucks oh